Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News Bite Podcast, Episode 18, for May 16th, 2022. U.S. College Forced to Close After Cyber Attack. Conti Ransomware Attack Spurs State of Emergency in Costa Rica. $7 to rent DC RAT to backdoor your network. Nerby and Trojan uses advanced anti-detection tricks. So our first story this week, uh, I want to consider a sad one. Um, and But the reason I mention it is there's not so much technical detail in this as much as most of the other stories I bring you. But I think everyone needs to hear the consequence of what really is at stake nowadays. So we're going to first talk about Lincoln College. Now, if you don't know about that, it's a liberal arts school uh, in rural Illinois. It's a predominantly black institution, and its last day was May 13th of this year. It has operated for 157 years. So not a new thing. They've been around forever, but this year, well, these few years, there's been a one-two punch of COVID-19, which has impacted everybody, but that wasn't solely to blame. Uh, But what pushed it over the edge, though, was something that we talk about here quite often, which is a ransomware attack. And this isn't an institution that, you know, was kind of teetering on the edge They've survived multiple disasters. They should be more prepared than most organizations when it comes to protecting themselves. So they survived the a major fire back in 1912, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, both world wars, and the 2008 global financial crisis. None of these were small events. And COVID. I mean, they survived COVID until ransomware hit. Uh, in December, they were hit by ransomware, which is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, for lack of a better phrase. And they weren't alone. I mean, obviously, they're, there's, they are one of about a thousand uh, schools who have reported being hit by ransomware in 2021. Now, what made this ransomware... Because you, you, you want to go, well... What does ransomware really do? Well, it blocked the college from accessing data it used in its student recruitment drives, its retention drives, and its fundraising efforts. So, couldn't bring new students in, couldn't ask for money from former students, and couldn't really pitch to students who were already there to keep staying there. So, that's kind of core to what I guess the money-making part of a college would do because it's not, I mean, yeah, you think education is why everyone goes for education, but that's not where they make necessarily all of their money. Um, and now there's books or anything along those lines. Or, or st- The big thing is getting donations from their, their former students and bringing new students in. They couldn't bring new students in. They could only make it through, you know, the, 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 this, the semester they were in, which ended on uh, Friday the 13th, ironically. 
I mean, think about that. 157 years. And ransomware did such a good job at attacking some of their core business function that it took them totally out of business. And this is what I what I talk when I talk to businesses. This is what you have to think about. If a critical system was hit, do you have an alternative plan to do it? Because I, I want to say, look, you know, buy this software, do this, and you'll be free uh, from fear of ransomware. But that's not the way it works. Ransomware, no matter how good your security team is, no matter how much money you pour into it, cyber criminals found out long ago, your weakest point is your end user. So they'll target that. They will get in through that point. I, and that's why I think it, it, training is very important, but it's, it's not, there's nothing that's guaranteed. And this is what happens is, 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 you know, it hits a major system. And if you're not prepared with an alternative method to, to keep yourself protected or an alternate plan to process that data, then you're, 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 you're out of luck. Your business freezes. And can your business afford to freeze for a period of time? And unfortunately for Lincoln College, they couldn't get through that period of time. They were done. They closed shop 157 years and they closed. Just put that into some level of thought when you think about your organization. If you had ransomware data on your key business data, how long could you survive? And be honest, because when it comes, you'll want to have that estimate. You'll want to have those plans. Because some places... Look, and to be honest, some places can survive a couple days without access to their key data. Some might be able to do a week. But sometimes this stuff takes longer, and even if you pay the ransom and you start decrypting it, it may not come back quickly. Some of the most recent ransomware attacks, including the Colonial Pipeline, learned that. They paid the ransom, but they still got most of their data back by recovering it themselves because the, the decryptor tool took way too long. So just something to think about. So it's not as technical as everything else, but this is just showing the consequences of what happens when, you know, stuff goes wrong. Now, I didn't plan it this way, and I, I promise I really didn't plan it this way. But the second story we're talking about here is uh, Costa Rica. Uh, they were hit by Conti ransomware. And now they had to declare a state of emergency. Uh, President... Rodrigo uh, Chaves, Chaves, sorry if I mispronounced the name, uh, has declared a state of national cybersecurity emergency last week. Um, and, and it's one of the first things he has done. It's his first decree as president. Um, so it's one of the first things he's done in office. Uh, not a great start to your administration. I'm not saying that he's not a good or bad guy. I don't know much about him. But this is, this is, he got in and this is what he already has to deal with. Now, the attack was done by the uh, Conti ransomware group. They stated, so they're not even being uh, coy with this one, it's financially motivated. Um, and it has impacted not just the president's administration, but it also has impacted the Ministry of Labor and Social Security the Ministry of Science, Innovation, Technology, and Telecommunications, 
the National Meteorological Institute. And honestly, we're not even sure if there's anything else outside of those because the entire scope uh, isn't quite known. So this attack, as I kind of mentioned, was attributed to Conti. They demanded a ransom of $10 million, which, not that I know much about Costa Rica's financial situation, $10 million doesn't seem like much compared to some of the ransomware attacks we've seen. Not that I ever recommend paying it, but $10 million doesn't seem so bad. But this is one of those great ones because they're not just the ransomware thing. Uh, if you don't know, Conti is one of those double extortion gangs. They're ruthless. They, they, they kind of um, add themselves on a um, kind of take-no-prisoners approach. So they said, give me $10 million, or give us $10 million, um, and we'll give you the key to decrypt it, or don't pay us and we're just going to release the stolen information on our website. So it's really interesting uh, that they attack this. Uh, Conti is a very, very brutal group. Uh, you don't want to be in their crosshairs. Now they, and, and the, the reason is, is because they've in the past, they've targeted organizations and they make this known. They targeted organizations which could have a life-threatening consequence. So they've attacked hospitals uh, in American 911 dispatchers or emergency dispatchers, uh, emergency medical services, law enforcement agencies. Like They have no... There's no chill. They go after their target and they don't care what the ramification is. And I think that they do that because... Honestly, they're hoping that that is the motivating factor to pay. Now, Costa Rica so far has declined to pay the $10 million. And wherever you fall in the argument, I can understand either way. Because if you give in to them, well, then you're encouraging it to go on. If no one did, then would they continue? Probably in some aspect here and there, but it wouldn't be as popular. But anyway, so Costa Rica hasn't... Uh, paid, and well, Conti did what they promised they would do. They leaked uh, the data on their website with uh, about 97% of the 672 gigs of data that they claim was stolen from all these uh, Costa Rican government agencies. So, here's you know the dangerous because we always talk about ransomware. And ransomware does have an impact. But if you have good backups, most companies are going to go, nah, we're not going to pay it. We're good. We'll, we'll just we'll just restore from backup. But double extortion, that's the dangerous part. Because not only if they encrypt your data, are you in problems, is they, they encrypt it and exfiltrate it at the same time. They grab it for themselves. And then you can seriously be at a problem. So two stories back to back, uh, kind of show you the consequences of what goes on. Uh, I'm sure there'll be ramifications for the citizens of Costa Rica. When this information uh, is used bad by bad actors, used bad made no sense, but being used by bad actors, 
being used for identity theft. Maybe some embarrassment for the government, but that 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 that's not my concern. It's, it's the individual people who get caught up in this mess. I haven't looked at the data, so I don't know what it has, how sensitive it is, but this definitely looks good for no one. Now, one of the fun things I get to talk about to people sometimes is the inexpensive nature of ransomware as a service or any of these malware as a service providers. Um, so here's really a story. I want, just, just to, I want you just to think about this. How much do you think a rat costs? Now, for those of you who aren't in the cybersecurity world or new to cybersecurity, rat is a remote access Trojan. Now, most of you probably said somewhere under $200, I'll just say. Which, honestly, you can get a lot of decent malware for that price. Uh, DC Rat is a budget-friendly Trojan that you can buy. It's still under active development. Uh, and it's selling on underground Russian forums right now for $7 for a two-month subscription. So $3.50 a month. That's kind of crazy. Now, just like everything else, you, you kind of get what you pay for, but this is the budget version. If you don't have a lot of money and you're looking to start out, this is this is a good deal. I mean, if you can say that about a, a Trojan. Uh, it's a backdoor Windows malware. It's called DC Rat or Dark Crystal Rat. It's been out since about 2018 where the original version came out. It was redesigned and relaunched in 2019. Now, there's not a team behind it, which is why it's, you know, a, a budget version. It's a single programmer uh, who is working almost daily to kind of improve it. The administrator tool, the backdoor, and clients are regularly updated with bug fixes and new features. And their plugins get updated regularly, too. Now, the good, good well, not the good thing, but the, 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 the DC Rat is a modular architecture and has plugin framework. So it can do things like espionage, data theft, distributed denial of service attacks, dynamic code execution in several different languages. And it comes in three different components, a client executable written in .NET that can steal data, a single PHP page that interfaces with the uh, Trojan's backend command and control server, and like most malware as a service, an administration tool. Now the administration tool was written in JPHP, which is not something you see often in most modern malware um, because it produces uh, some very large and slow executables. You, you really want something that's really quick, usually. So, obviously not the modern, well-programmed, well-thought-out cyber-criminal gang. This is obviously someone who's learning to do this on the go. But the cool thing is, is the administrator tool has a kill switch that, if flipped, renders all instances of the administrator tool unusable. This is kind of part of its subscription-based model. You don't pay, it gets turned off. So there is a kind of a subscription check. So once it's, it's um, 
verified that it has a valid subscription, the malware subscriber can use the administrator tool to communicate with the command and control server. It can configure builds of the executable file and which I kind of find funny, it can submit bug reports to the DC rat author. Like it's built in support right there. Now the entire bundle along with the plugins uh, and plugin development framework has some other tools. Uh, it was also hosted on a website called crystalfiles.ru. Now they were previously located at dcrat.ru, but they were, it was changed after it kind of got exposed. Um, and crystal files, I think has a bunch of other malware that points to it as well. So it's a well-known, uh, URL. Now they have a telegram channel that if you subscribe, you can get updates and last check, there was about 3000 subscribers, meaning probably around most of them are probably active or former subscribers. It's a lot of people. Now at the time of the article I saw, you get uh, 500 rubles was about $7 for a two month license, 2,200 rubles, which is about 31 us dollars, gets you access for a year or 4,200 rubles, which is about $60, gets you lifetime access. Not, not bad for your budget friendly, budget friendly, uh, hacker there. So very, very inexpensive. Now, as I mentioned, because the product's a low price, plus the using of JPHP indicates that this probably is a novice malware author who hasn't quite figured out the appropriate pricing structure. So as this gets more popular, I'm sure the cost will go up. Just something dangerous to watch out for because just showing you, this is the budget realm. It's not very expensive to get to this stuff. And most even professional malware is really not that expensive. Some take just cuts of what you get from ransomware payments, uh, depending if that's their, their goal. So it's, they only have to get one win every once in a while, just like spam or, or, or phishing. You just need that one person to fall for it or, or, or be in, infected uh, and, and give in for it to be worthwhile. So be on the lookout, but this is gives you an idea. This is budget you know, for $7, you get two months access to this if you know the right forums to go to. So, you know, I kind of like talking about new kind of advances in malware so that you can prepare for them. So this one's kind it's it, it's going to kind of sound like one we already covered because uh, it uses some of the same tactics. But there is a newly discovered uh rat remote access Trojan that's spreading out currently. It's using a malicious email campaign using COVID-19 lures to kind of get you to click on it. It includes numerous features to evade analysis. Now the emails themselves claim to be from the world health organization and WHO. They have important information regarding COVID-19 now, if you get this, this is one that a lot of people had to deal with back in 2020. 
So they're just kind of reusing the campaign with a new tool. Now they are using emails like who.inter.sbc at gmail.com. Once again, World Health Organization, not really using Gmail addresses. And announce at who-international.com. That one I could see you falling for. They use uh, WHO or World Health Organization in their subject lines. The email includes safety measures related to COVID-19 as well as attachments. Those attachments also mention COVID-19 in their names. One of the things is, it's a Word document. It contains macros. Once the macros are enabled, the document uh, from the end user side reveals information resulting to COVID-19 safety uh, specifically about like self-isolation and caring for individuals, stuff that would not necessarily trigger you to be on the lookout. Now in the background, once you enable macros, it spurs the document to execute an embedded macro that drops a file that performs a PowerShell process to pull and drop the Nerbian uh, remote access Trojan in a 64-bit executable file, which it calls updateuav.exe. And this is written in the Go language. Now, it's dubbed Nerbian uh, because it appears to be derived from the word Nerbia, which is a fictional place uh, from the novel Don Quixote. Uh, the name is in the code, so that's kind of what they name it. Though I always kind of wonder what the malware authors dub it. Now it's written in, in, in as I mentioned, Go, which is OS agnostic. And it's using significant anti-analysis uh, anti and anti-reverse um, engineering capabilities. Now, they first observed this uh, remote tool being distributed in a low-volume email campaign back on April 26. It was sent to multiple industries, mostly in Italy, Spain, and the uh, UK. Now, Go is a popular program language and is becoming increasingly more popular with threat actors. Uh, likely just due to the fact that it has a lower barrier to entry and it's easier to use than some of the more advanced ones. Now, we talked about um, Nerbian and its tools. Um, here's, here's what makes it dangerous. It leverages multi-anti-analysis uh, components spread across several stages. It includes open uh, source libraries. And the malware is sophisticated. It works in three distinct phases. One's the phishing, two's the dropping of the file, um, and then the file's executed. Now, when it drops the file, it scans the environment before it starts running the file. It makes sure that there's no kind of reverse engineering technology. It makes sure it's not on a VM. It goes through a couple other checks, and then it executes the tool. Now, the RAT itself is executed via an encrypted configuration file, meaning it's hard to look at. It uses extreme caution to ensure its data 
back to the command and control server is encrypted. And, and, and to do this, it actually sends the data over SSL. And this is all so that it can avoid uh, network scanning tools unless you have a tool in your network to break SSL so that you're able to uh, do packet inspection. Now, some of the other things this tool can do is key logging, which it cleverly stores its keystrokes in an encrypted file. It has a screen capture software that works across all operating systems. So much care was written into this thing to really hide itself and be uh, cautious. Now, you can obviously scan for the file, the UAV update. But as I said, the, 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 what's interesting here is the, the tool really does a lot to try to keep itself from being pulled apart. So it, you know, every every time it runs, it makes sure that it's on a safe system for it, and it will stop executing if it encounters any conditions on a, on a host that it does not like. Like for example, if it's running VMware. It thinks it might be uh, being checked, so it, it, it won't do it. If the hard disk on the system is less than a certain size, it doesn't like it. It queries WMI of the system, so it looks for virtual or VBox or VMware in component names. It won't do that. There's certain MAC addresses that it will search for, and if it comes back with a certain value, nope, doesn't like it. If it sees uh, any reverse engineering, debugging, memory analysis, memory tampering programs in the process list, once again, doesn't run. If it even thinks the amount of time to execute functions are excessive, according to the application, which might suggest that there was a debugging program running, it stops. I mean, think of like this thing really goes out of its way to keep itself hidden, and I, and and I kind of find that to a certain level funny. I mean, in this case, literally having an old computer can keep you safe from this thing. As well, yeah, I asked something; it took forever. I don't trust it. But at the same time, this could give you tools to stop it from running. All you got to do is make it think it's on a VM and it will stop or make some debugging software look like it's running in your process list. It'll force it to stop. So why it's genius, you can figure out ways to stop it, but you have to admit it, it really goes out of its way to check a whole bunch of things that I wouldn't have thought of to detect this thing. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our website, cybersecuritynewsbite.com, for all your latest information, as well as show notes and links for the news stories in which I got these stories from. Other than that, thank you so much. Stay safe online. Talk again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 